Hey Gary, it's Jonathan, man. Just found your profile just by searching cars and uh, listened to a couple of your episodes. Super cool, man, about the racing tires. I love just listening to you talk about that because, man, I'm a super car guy too. So I, uh, I can appreciate your passion for sure, especially that you're racing an MR2, man. That's awesome. I'd love to hear more about the MR2. Is it turbo? Like what's, what's the spec that you got going on and where, where are you racing exactly? Um, super, super cool, man. Um, I saw your thing on, uh, if there was 501 users on Anchor, and I saw that I was actually on the top 500 as well, and I just joined, like, a couple days ago. Might be just something that they do to, uh, like, encourage users to feel like, you know, there's a lot of people here, that, but you're still, like, you know, part of the community. But feel encouraged, man. I think you got something good. Keep going. Uh, check my, uh, check my channel out, and talk to you soon, man. Later. Hey Jonathan, thanks for calling into my station. Really appreciate the kind words you had to say about it. And uh, yeah, being in the top 500, maybe that's not the marker of all-time greatness, but don't worry, my ego can take it. Um, to answer your question about my car, um, it is an NA SW20. It was actually a turbo when I bought it, but the championship that I race in uh, requires NA engines only, so the turbo unit came out that had about 87,000 miles on it anyway, so it was a, quite a high miler. I put in a 37k NA that had a full service history. It's a good engine, 185.5 horsepower on the dyno. Um, once I got that coupled with the Japanese final drive ratio, I've really got some nice straight line speed now. Struggled to get out of the tow before and pass anybody, but now uh, it's right up there. My driving style as well is very much focused on corner exit, so getting some nice runs on people these days. Chassis wise, uh, suspension geometry is totally free. So I've got Bilstein shocks and dampers, adjustable anti-roll bars and the camber bolts in there. Um, you can't really lower the car because it's low already even on the standard 16 inch wheels. Those that tried usually find themselves in more trouble than it's worth. So the geometry isn't too far from standard other than the settings on the anti-roll and the extra camber from the camber bolts. Other mods, I've got a full system uh, on the exhaust, so right from the manifold center section and the muffler. Um, I've got quite a reasonably large muffler because I like to take my car on track days as well as racing. Uh, and the track days have got more aggressive noise rules, so some are 99 decibels, some are 103. My system produces about 101, 102. Um, and if I'm in a 99 day, just have to be a bit careful on the noise test. Other than that, it's a pretty much standard car. Um, regulations don't give you too much freedom, and that's in the interest of creating an affordable and fair uh, racing category, which I think MR2 Championship is. If I wanted to optimize the car's performance for the other series that I race in, those being Road Sports and Club Enduro, then yeah, there are definitely things I could do. But to be honest, I'm much more competitive in those than I am in uh, MR2 Championship, so I don't really feel I need to go to town with extra mods for those series. Yet. Um, because one of the things I've been thinking about recently is my racing future, and what I'd like to do is go out and get some wins in road sports and club enduro um, this season, next season. Really focus on trying to win that championship, if I'm honest. Um, I don't see why there's any point having a lesser goal than that. And if I'm successful in that, then potentially looking at upgrading the car, um, taking it out of MR2 spec just to race in a higher category 
uh, in road sports or enduro because those are mixed category formulas. So you've got cars grouped by power to weight ratio, some of them producing 400, 500 horsepower, uh, much more powerful than my car. Um, and there's four different categories from, you know, super hot race cars with downforce uh, and the sort of power figures I've just cited, uh, right down to sort of standard cars that are much more like mine, um, hot hatches, small saloons, sedans, uh, small sports cars, Miatas, that, those kind of things. Um, so yeah, I'd probably look at potentially upgrading the car to the next category. I might then look at turboing it um, to take it in that direction. But that's all in the future. I'm really not thinking too seriously about that right now. As for where I race, uh, all over the UK. Um, Donington Park is probably the closest track to where I live. Uh, I've also raced at Silverstone, at Bransatch, at Snetterton. I've raced at Castle Coombe, Rockingham. I've tested at Mallory Park. Other circuits that we race at that I haven't been to myself, uh, Croft, Anglesey, Alton Park, I'd love to go there by the way, Cadwell Park, same again, Thruxton, that's pretty much it off the top of my head. And let me just say that I'm quite happy as though you found me by searching for cars because I can't ever seem to find stuff that I produce by searching for things that uh, should lead to it, so that's cool. And uh, let me know what you drive as well. I'd be interested to find out. Time for some more Q&A. Uh, Momac on the text says, what does the MR2 weigh and how does the midship rear-wheel drive feel? First of all, the car is 1124 kgs uh, without me inside it. Racing weight is 1200 for MR2 Championship. So uh, I'm about 60. Yes, I'm a feather. Um, and I have to carry something like 30, 40 kilos, depending on how much fuel I'm going to run for the race. I don't know what that is in pounds because I simply don't deal with that unit of measurement. Sorry about that. I can tell you all about the feel. Um, it's an interesting one. The first time I drove the MR2 in anger, I quickly learned that the limit is not so much a line, but a pinstripe. So when it comes to approaching the edge of traction uh, you've really got to catch it before it goes you've got to be driving the corner ahead of you with your butt cheeks before you even get there because if it starts to slide it's already gone you know you've got to catch it so early um, and that's just down to experience handling wise i tend to run a medium stiff roll bar on the front um, there was a time when I ran the car full stiff on the roll bars, but just too much understeer for my liking. I like a front end that's going to respond. Um, and okay, it might go a bit soggy understeer mid-corner, but I can deal with that because I've got the skills. What I want is the feel on turning, and without going crazy on the camber, uh, the medium bar tends to give me that, so I tend to run that on the front full stiff on the rear just because you need the traction, uh, you need the grip from the tyres, and... The car's just going to roll over if you have it anything less than that. Only exception is if I'm going to race in the wet, where I'm going to go full soft front and rear. Braking feel, I run ceramic brake pads, which are free in the regulations. Got to run with the standard discs, though. Uh, braking feel is one of the things I feel I have a strength with. Uh, I think that just comes from karting and trying, you know. Um, I'm very good on the brakes. 
you will always see me outbreak the competitors when I'm making moves on the racetrack. Um, just pick where they're not so good and, and fire one up the inside, get on the hard pedal. Um, quick tip for anyone listening, how you come off the brake is way more important than how you get on it. Um, that's just the truth. Learning to brake in a race car is one of the most underrated and non-talked about skills that there is and it's pretty much the only one that matters. You can really get the car to rotate in the mid corner if you come off the brake nicely, um, do a bit of trail braking technique as well. It's one of my favourite things to do on a tight corner, um, just trail brake into it, come off that pedal right on the apex of the car, or just pivot slightly and then get your foot on the gas, control the traction and away you go. The other technique that I felt really improved my technique uh, at the start of last season was learning to heel and toe properly. Uh, what that means is that when you are on the brake, as soon as you start to modulate that brake you and downshift uh, for the corner, you want to blip the throttle, just shimmy your foot from the brake pedal across to the throttle, blip it with your heel, and that brings the engine revs up, uh, synchronizing the gear mesh. I mean, you know, most race boxes based on road cars are going to have synchro anyway, but it's so important to do it because you just lose so much time that you don't even realise when the synchro's working and the engine's hunting around the, the rev range. Um, if you can blend it in yourself, it makes a huge difference to how smoothly the car enters the corner. And it makes a totally awesome noise, so it's worth doing just for that. What else to talk about? Uh, I've got a racing clutch fitted, so that's pretty ferocious. Um, learning to start off the line was a skill I had to master, certainly for the first two years or so. I had the car, I was absolutely terrible at the start. Got swamped by everybody, but uh, lately been doing pretty well with the starts. Managed to pass a few people off the line, so perhaps it's something I'm getting better at on my way to mastering. That pretty much wraps up this segment. If there's anybody else with any other questions about my car, or racing in general, let me know on the text, let me know on the call-in, I'll be happy to answer them for you. Hey Gary, awesome to hear your new post, man. Love the MR2. Um, I wrote in the text, but I don't know why they just introduced this new text function. I mean, the whole point is to use your voice, right? Like, why would you put text in Anchor? Anyway, um, I, I heard that you pulled the turbo engine out of the MR2 because of the regulations. Oh man, I... I don't know how you must have felt about that, but man, that just makes me cringe in a way. Like, you know, the turbo MR2, that is like an icon. And then to think that you got to pull it to put an NA motor in it just to get into the series. Oh, that's heartbreaking. But anyway, super cool. You know, you're really like the, the full on race car guy, man. I love it. Even down to how many decibels your muffler makes. It's killer, man. That's just killer. So, all right. So out of your, the, the tracks that you've raced, I'll ask you this. What is your favorite one to race at? And if I was going to go to one, like only one track in particular, which one should I go to and why? Would love to hear your answer. I'll post something about my car too in my channel. I'll let you know. Jonathan, great to have you back on the station. Text and comments on Anchor? Yeah, interesting one. Um, I think it will depend on how people actually use it because I feel it's one of those things where the original intention of the app developers might not actually manifest itself in the way that the feature is used by uh, the audience, by me and you. The way I see it, if it's like Facebook Live, uh, or Instagram for that matter, where you can add comment and emoji as things are being broadcast, 
I think it will be good because it encourages uh, participation, it encourages engagement in the content that we're listening to. If it's just a case of leaving comments or questions like people do, for example, on YouTube when watching a video, I agree with you, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And to your questions and remarks, did it break my heart to tear out the turbo? Uh, it might surprise you, but the answer is no. Um, I didn't choose MR2 because I loved the Toyota MR2. I chose it because uh, it was just the very best choice for me when I was choosing a race series to compete in. For the budget, it had the best, fastest cars. Uh, it goes to the best circuits. The level of driving within the field is is the highest um, from sort of other series I looked at for the same kind of money, same kind of tech. So uh, that's why I race MR2. Otherwise, I'm agnostic. I mean, I would race anything. I just love racing. Uh, it's not about the speed or the adrenaline for me. I mean, I've got a friend who races shifter go-karts, uh, you know, the kind that snaps your neck in two. And that element of it, that pure speed, that rush, is, uh, is a big thing for him. Whereas for me, although I enjoy it, you know, who doesn't get a kick out of that? It's not the be-all and end-all, it's not why I do it. Um, the objective of racing for me is to have a race craft that is better than the other guy. It is to find that extra one mile an hour that makes you uh, beat him across the line. And to me, that doesn't matter if that's happening at 120 versus 121 mph or if it's happening at 12 versus 12.5 mph. I'm quite happy doing either. Um, and if four-stroke carts or if lawnmowers were the only thing I could race, <laughs> some might say they're the same thing. But anyway, um, I would because I just like to race. You've also asked me what circuits you should visit if you were to come to the UK and check out my racing. I've got two different answers to that question. Uh, the first one is if you are coming as a spectator, I would go to Brands Hatch in Kent in the south of England. Um, we tend to race on the Indy circuit there, which is the shorter version. It laps in less than one minute. And the nature of um, the sort of the geography of the area, the land there, it's in a natural bowl. So uh, it's sort of kidney bean shaped track with a big hairpin at one end. And you can see everything from the main grandstands along the start finish straight, which I'll add isn't straight. Um, you can just see everything, so it's the best place to watch. If you were going to come and drive, I'd probably suggest Donington Park. Um, it's not the most complicated layout. It's not the most evocative, but I think it is typical um, of British club racing. It's a, it's a landmark circuit for me, certainly in the UK. I mean, you can talk about tracks like Silverstone, but they're kind of flat and they're kind of big for small cars to race on because obviously they're Grand Prix circuits. Donington to me is much more representative of national and club level racing within the UK and uh, it's got some nice corners, nice changes in elevation that really allow you to experience uh, the rush no matter what sort of car you're driving. You know, I think uh, a section like the Craner Curves at Donington, which is turns three through five, um, that will give you a challenge no matter what, what you've turned up in or, or on. Even, you know, bikes go very well around that track as well. 
That's all for now, man. Thanks for calling in, and uh, I'll check out your station a little later, find out exactly what you're driving around in.